Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong here alongside Bill Alexander. We're going to spend the next section here talking all about ways to help protect you and your assets. Bill, it's good to see you. How are you? Hey, good morning. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing wonderful, Bill. Let's jump right into our first topic today. We're going to be talking uh, first about retirees. And, uh, you know, Bill, there's lots of decisions that you have to make in retirement. Well, no question about it. It's it's one of the most important issues for folks because folks who are not retired are worried about um, how to increase their funds. You know, there's a huge issue out there of not running out of money during retirement. Now, this is not a financial show. This is uh, so much, although we do talk about finances and how it affects things, but we're talking about how to plan your legacy, and we're talking about how to protect what you've uh, earned over your lifetime and the like. And so retirement accounts is a big factor for all of us. You know, we're while we're younger, we're trying to build that up, and when we retire, it's like, how do we maximize what we have earned, um, and how do we structure that? And unfortunately... Most people only get bare minimal advice from their uh, financial advisor, which is not necessarily what's in their best interest. And what do I mean by that? Well, um, most financial advisors want you as a retiree to take only minimum required distributions no matter what. In other words, they'll say, oh, don't take more than that. You'll just pay more tax. Uh, And what stays in your retirement account will grow faster because it's income tax-free while it's growing inside the account. You don't have to pay the tax until you take it out. Okay, so yes, there is some logic behind that. And and while uh, for some folks... That is uh, good advice. However, you know, we're unique human beings. We are all unique. We have unique issues. And that advice should not be applied to everyone across the board. There are lots of us who have different issues going on as to why we might take retirement distributions other than just our minimum required distribution. Okay? So here's here's the thing that from my own perspective. Number one, you want to take retirement retirement distributions in the most tax efficient way that you can take it. Does that not make sense? Um, and that's not tax efficiency on withdrawal because what's important to us, not your financial advisor. What's important to us is how much money can we get for the le- with the least amount of tax over time. Uh, and, and so uh, lots of us, when we look at our income tax return, we're in a particular tax bracket, whether it's 10% or 14% or 22% or 24%. Whatever our tax bracket, and most of us have a significant amount of room where we could have more uh, income at the same tax bracket that we're already in. Okay, without 
in as in essence going to the next tax bracket. Mm. Okay, so what are some of the issues uh, that we see? Well, what uh, folks have to understand is, is that, and of course, uh, a lot of us are married, and so we, we get double the tax bracket and double the exemptions because we are married. And, it, and that's true whether you know one spouse has a much larger retirement account than the other spouse. Okay, well, here's the thing. As we get older eventually one of us is going to die you know that is something that's god's plan we don't know when uh, but we know that uh, there is an exit strategy whether we like it or not <laughs> okay so uh with with that in mind when one spouse dies the surviving spouse who generally is going to inherit the um uh, the retirement account. In other words, most of us leave our retirement account directly to our spouse, and then to our children after our spouse. That you know, again, that's not the same for everybody. But for for those of us who leave our account to our spouse, well, guess what? When we die, our spouse's tax um, bracket uh, may be higher than what. What it is, because the tax bracket for one person is exactly half of what it is for a married couple. And guess what? The exemptions are exactly half of what it is for a married couple. So what it boils down to is for an awful lot of folks, if they're just taking minimum required distributions, the surviving spouse ends up with a much larger retirement account and, have, and the required distributions are much higher than they were when uh, they were uh, married. Uh, and as a result, oftentimes it can push that surviving spouse into what? A higher tax bracket, <laughs> okay? And, you know, if it moves you from, you know, 14% to 20, uh, 24%, that's a pretty big differential. Okay, so so what are the things to watch out for? The first thing is the tax bracket and and where uh, uh, the um, the lines are drawn in terms of when you reach uh, the next level. Uh, and then the, there's one other little lady that you have to watch out for as well that also ends up in the same uh, situation, and that's called Irma's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now, for those folks who've never heard of Irma, it, it's spelled I-R-M-A-A. <laughs> uh, and most folks don't have to worry about Irma. But for those folks taking large retirement account distributions, uh, she can raise her head. And what does she do? Well, this is only folks for who are on Medicare but guess what? For those, almost everyone who reaches age 65 gets to be on Medicare, whether you like it or not. Well, you're on Medicare, and you pay a premium. Uh, and for most folks, that premium uh, is about $145 a, a month for your Part B premium. And, of course, your Part D premium can be uh, an additional to that. But 
Um, but just talking about, uh, well, both Part B and D, Irma can raise her head. And what what is Irma? Well, if you earn a certain amount of income with Irma, then you have to pay more for your Medicaid Medicare premium. And that affects not only you, but it also affects your spouse. So, for instance, instead of $145 uh, a day, you could end up paying anywhere from 1.4 times what your normal premium is, in other words, a couple hundred bucks each, uh, up to 400 and some dollars each per month for your Medicare premium. And so that adds up real quickly, and it's based on your income. Now, it's not, just to make it a little more complicated, folks, it's not your income this year. Uh, it's you got to skip a year. So the income that you earn this year, so this would be 2020, will affect your Medicare premium not in 2021 because you basically are going to file your income tax in 2021, so the government won't know what you're earning this year until next year. So uh, Irma raises her head the year after that. So the income we uh, pull down this year will be Irma will have that supplemental tax uh, to us, if you will, additional premium uh, in 2022, if if that makes sense. So in other words, for all the planners out there, and I, I hope you are, because some of us are planners and some of us are not, um, that's an issue that you need to know about. Okay, so what's another issue? Well, um, you, you know, we've all been suffering through this pandemic. And uh, Congress has been relatively generous in terms of trying to keep the economy going by giving uh, out uh, an extra $600 a week for unemployment uh, folks and those those uh, trying to keep businesses going with loans uh, that sh- uh, hopefully will be forgiven uh, and, and the like. But guess what? That's really expensive. Uh, it's... Uh, it, it's like a wartime footing financially. You know, the government is spending a lot of mo- money fighting this pandemic uh, from an economic strategy, and, and truthfully, we need more. Uh, so, all of us are are actually hoping for this second wave of assistance, which will help the economy. But the the fact is that when the government spends a lot of money that it doesn't have. What's the result? Unfortunately, we're probably talking about higher income taxes. And so, obviously, that's going to change our tax bracket, whether we like it or not. And no matter what you, uh, how you cut the cake, it's the middle class that pays the tax in this country. And, and that's only got, gotten worse with the last uh, tax act. Uh, there's far more uh, off. In other words, bottom line is folks who are extremely well-to-do, very high income, are actually paying less tax now than ever before, and the middle class is paying more. Uh, now, the other thing that folks have to understand, too, is 
based on the tax package that was passed uh, a year and a half ago uh, and is uh, applicable to us today, uh, there is a tax hike built into that tax package. And so we we have another five and a half years to go, and that's assuming that Congress doesn't change it again. But the bottom line is, uh, will taxes go up or down, question mark? I think the answer is pretty straightforward. It doesn't matter who gets elected. Uh, it, it doesn't matter whether it whether you're Democrat, Republican, or yellow dog, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Taxes have got to go up. There's, I mean, it's already built in for one thing. So it, there's already an automatic increase that people may not realize because they don't pay attention sometimes. But. But for even those uh, otherwise, there will be pressure on Congress to raise taxes to pay for this war on the pandemic. Uh, and so however you cut it, the likelihood is that taxes will go up. Well, that is a consideration for when you take retirement accounts out. Now, there's also another issue that I deal with all the time with my clients, uh, as an estate planner, and it's like, well, Bill, should I um, should I convert my regular retirement account to a Roth retirement account? Um, and and that obviously has uh, some of the same implications that I've been talking about already, and that is how much room is there in your tax bracket? Uh, you know, are you married? Are you single? Will it? I mean, why are you doing this? And and there might be some folks out there that are saying, "What's a Roth IRA?" I mean, that's uh, and and basically, a, a Roth is one of the most wonderful things you can have if you've created it at the right time, and that is you pay the taxes, the income taxes, uh, before the money goes into the Roth. Uh, and then it, there is no income tax uh, as it grows, and then you take it out whenever you distribute from the Roth, income tax-free. Well, hey, there is nothing better than that. So uh, bottom line is if you use the same kind of criteria that we're really talking about in terms of tax rate, will your tax rate go up? Are income taxes going up? Are you married? Will it make a difference? Well, the Roth is primarily for, uh, if you think about it, it, it's best as to leave to your kids. They love those kind of things. Uh, for most of us, except in the situation we're in now where tax rates are expected to go up, that may give us a little more incentive to convert to Roth. Um, now, I realize I don't have time to keep going in this direction, but it, if, if nothing else, I hope that I've at least um, captured your imagination on some things that you need to think about when you're looking at your retirement accounts. There is a lot that you need to 
take into consideration and to prepare for. And Bill also offers free seminars with regard to asset protection. He also has a seminar related to long-term care assistance and VA benefits and uh, Medicare spending as well. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity for you to learn more for free. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. There you'll find information about Bill's upcoming seminar. It's right around the corner. Wednesday, August 12th is the next seminar. Head online to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. Again, it's free to register, free to attend. And these are actually in the form of webinars right now as we continue to practice social distancing. All you need is a computer or a smartphone and an email address, and you can attend from the comfort of your own home. Remember, go to WGALaw.com or you can call 919 919- Two five six seven thousand nine one nine two five six seven thousand. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Jason Kong here with. Bill Alexander. Don't forget, you can always go to WGALaw.com to find out more about Bill and the services that WG Alexander and Associates provides. You can also register for the seminar coming up this Wednesday, August 12th. There's two of them, and they are in the form of webinars. Head over to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button, and remember, it is free to register. Bill, uh, we want to wrap up our conversation when it comes to retirement accounts because this is something that applies to just about all of us, and there's a lot that we need to consider if we want to do our planning correctly. Well, no question about it, and I wanted to give some specifics on income tax brackets. That's confusing to most folks, Uh, and and here's the deal. Uh, If you are uh, married uh, and you, your income, say, is over 20000 which for most of us it is, but it's less than 79000 That base, as a married couple, you're in the 12% tax bracket, okay? That's a pretty nice bracket to be in, although your income is limited. And you can get that bracket all the way up to 79000 So if, for instance, if your income together is, say, $50,000, well, guess what? You have almost $30,000 that you have room to play with in terms of taking additional retirement money without increasing your 12% tax bracket for you and your wife so uh, or you and your husband. So it's um, uh, to me, that's really important. Now, the other thing is, if you're over 79000 up to 168000 you're in the 22% bracket. So if you have the ability to, to or flexibility with your income, uh, you obviously would rather be in a 12% rather than a 22. That's a pretty big jump in terms of an income tax bracket. But um, but the bottom line is, if you're already in the 22% bracket, then most of you are going to have a significant amount of room to stay in that 22% tax bracket and take additional distributions from your retirement account or, as we talked about, convert your, um, your um, traditional IRA to a Roth retirement account. 
those kind of things can be important. But the other part I was talking about is, okay, let's say you're in that 12% bracket and you die. Well, guess what? Your spouse doesn't get up to $79,000. Your spouse is going to be, if if she's over 40000 uh, it's actually $39,475, but if you're over $40,000, guess what? You're in the 20, she's in the 22% bracket. And, you know, that 10% is a lot of money. <laughs> so that's where I'm coming from in terms of bracketology, if you will, as to what's important in terms of why. Now, obviously, there are folks who are struggling right now where it might make sense to take more of their retirement account to get them by while they're struggling. Uh, there might be folks who have a medical issue where they need to take more. Well, those are, t- I mean, heck, for, for those of us who are already retired, you're retired. That's what it's for. Take it. You know, spend spend it when you need to spend it. Preserve what you can preserve. Uh, now, I, you know, I had already talked about Irma's, and so basically, if you're a married couple with a, a, a taxable income of less than $174,000, then you're at the standard rate. If you're single, it's 87000 But if you're over that amount, then you will pay more for your, uh, your Medicare. And so that's just an added tax to you that you wouldn't have if you had a little bit lower income. But you're at the 1.4 times uh, the rate for Medicare if a married couple is is over $218,000. For a single person, it's exactly half, $109,000. You're at twice if you're at $272,000 as a married couple if you're over that amount. You know, single, it's exactly uh, one half of that. Um, and then if you're up there as a married couple at 326000 or more, then you're at the 2.6 times. And if you're way up there, then you could be at over 3.2 times. Well, that's a lot. If you're paying $400 plus per month and you and your wife are both paying it, then your Medicare premiums are going to be – you know, around nine hundred dollars, rather than less than three hundred. Well, to me, that's a, an important factor for folks to know about. <laughs> and of course, the same issues go with Roth. You know, obviously, those of us who think income taxes are going up, which you know, that's somewhat of a no-brainer. Um, then converting to Roth makes more sense, particularly if you can stay within the same tax bracket now, because your tax bracket is not going to get lower. (laughs) And in fact, in the tax law right now, it's already built into the tax law to go up. So I don't have to be a futurist to tell you your income taxes are going up. It's already built into the law. But we also will see stress on the government to raise it faster than what's already built into the law. 
Being able to anticipate these changes down the road is key to planning. Get a hold of Bill if you have any questions or would like to explore some of these options. Go to WGALaw.com, schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also register for this Wednesday's seminars. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. It's free to register. And don't forget, there's two coming up this Wednesday, August 12th, one dealing with long-term care crisis assistance and also with asset protection and trust planning. Go to WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Stick around. are listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can always find more about him online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, uh, we wanted to shift focus here a little bit. And, uh, you know, sometimes those of us are very lucky and we have a, a property or an asset that is of extreme value. And hopefully if we do everything right, it will uh, grow exponentially. Well, I, I do want to talk about that and I'm going to get to it in a minute, but I would like to encourage uh, my listeners to tune in to our webinar. Now, I wish it were a seminar. You know, I've been doing seminars for 20 years on elder law, Medicaid planning, veterans benefits, and also how to protect assets. The the two things that I'm really known for in the state of North Carolina is uh, Medicaid planning, elder law issues, veterans benefits, and asset protection planning. Now, I've been doing that, asset protection planning, for years as it relates to not you know income tax estate tax and the like and so a lot of folks are not familiar uh with my webinars but i have two and one focuses on how to become eligible for medicaid uh it's a huge issue anyone who has a long-term care issue is just shocked at how expensive it is. And most of us do not have long-term care insurance. So how to get government assistance, who's eligible, who's not eligible. The, the biggest myth out there is that you have to be dirt poor in order to get Medicaid. And quite frankly, that is not the rule. And uh, it's, it's actually a myth because uh, I have lots and lots of clients, been doing this for over 20 years, that uh, are well-to-do, but they can get Medicaid because they've received professional assistance. And this webinar will teach you how to do that. But then I turn to what I've been doing almost all my 44 years of law practice uh, and helping people structure trusts for income tax planning and uh, estate tax planning and asset protection, not only for themselves, but for their children and grandchildren. Uh, in fact, the majority of my clients really like asset protection for their children. That's whom they're really trying to protect. And that's something that we've done for many years. And it's wonderful for folks to really understand how that works. And our second seminar is going to be on issues like that. So I hope folks will take the opportunity to tune in uh, to our webinars. Um, now, with that, 
let's say that we're fortunate enough to have a piece of property. Now, it could be a business. It could be uh, some uh, valuable uh, real estate that we own. Uh, but uh, this is primarily for those folks who may very well have an estate tax issue. And there might be some folks out there that say, what, what's that? Because it doesn't apply to, to many of us anymore. The exemption right now for estate tax is $11.4 million each. So, you know, the most of us, you know, we could give everything away and not have to worry about uh, – we could give it away five times and not have to worry about it. But there are families out there that actually are for, very, very fortunate and have property that they want to keep and not have to pay that 40% estate tax. And here again, I'm assuming that Congress doesn't change it. Now, that is the, the 40% rate because there have been time in times past where the rate could be up there close to 90%. Um, and, of course, we know that taxes are likely to go up. They're not going down, or at least I don't predict them to go down, not for individuals anyway. And so um, are there some techniques that you can use to avoid that? Well, the best example I can have is, is a recent client of mine, a fairly young man, single, has two children, uh, and he owns some very valuable businesses. In fact, his He's in his mid-40s, and his businesses today are already worth over $5 million. Um, so what can you expect for that? Well, number one, if he doesn't do anything else, and he's a good businessman, so you know he's going to expand his business. It's going to get more valuable, more valuable over time. But let's say he doesn't do anything. The likelihood is his business over the next 20 years, and he'll only be in his mid-60s at that point, should at least be worth 10 to $15 million if he doesn't do anything. And then, guess what? He's probably going to live at least another 20 years. So very conservatively, what he has right now, if he just does a good job of keeping it, very well may be worth anywhere from 25 to $30 million or more. Well, guess what? That's a big tax. Now, you have to understand that the $11.4 million exemption is coming down. It's already written into the law. So five and a half years from now, it'll come back down to $5.6 million. Okay, so guess what? In a few years, this guy already has an estate tax problem. Well, I also have clients with assets right now that are 25 to $50 million. So they already have an estate tax issue. So what is something that can be done now? Well, wouldn't it be nice if you could freeze the value of your business or the value of your farm or the value of your commercial real estate that is has a significant value now and is likely to be exponentially higher in the future. Well, there is a way, and, and we do it today. So how do you do it? It's actually called, now don't roll your eyes, but <laughs> the technique is called a beneficiary defective inheritors trust or a BDET. 
<laughs> okay. So now this actually requires what call, and we do these for asset protection purposes, and obviously uh, the the kind of trust that is created to do this gives your family asset protection, and it also gives you estate tax protection as well. So because it freezes the value of your business or real estate or whatever it is, that interest that's going to grow exponentially in value over the next number of years. So it it actually – we also use the same technique in our trusts for the – for our children, and in essence, it makes the beneficiary, not the person who creates the trust, but the beneficiary, the called grantor of the trust. Now, that seems odd, but you can do that. Uh, and, And so we use it in most of the trusts I create now, but this is a little different because this is one where you actually use a third party, like, for instance, uh, your parents or a sibling, if your parents are gone, who creates a trust for you and makes a gift to that trust of $5,000. Not a penny more than $5,000, but it needs to be in cash, and that's for legal reasons. (laughs) It's everything legal. Um, But the, the bottom line is, is so a trust is created, and it has provisions in it that makes the beneficiary a grantor for tax purposes. And so, in essence, it's not the person who creates the trust that is grantor for tax purposes, but the beneficiary. So you have your parent or your sibling create a trust with up to $5,000 in it that's gifted to you, but it is considered the beneficiaries for tax purposes. So in essence, and you and your spouse can be the beneficiary, your children and grandchildren can be a beneficiary of this trust. Now, what do you do? Well, it's what's called a third-party trust, which works in every state, including North Carolina. And then you basically sell your valuable piece of property, your business, your real estate, your farm, whatever it is, the one that you expect to grow like a weed, you sell it to this trust. Well, the trust has $5,000 in it. So how do you make that work? The trust basically gives you an interest-only promissory note. In other words, um, so they give you a promissory note, you sell your business. Now, you might think, well, if you're selling your business, there's going to be a great big income tax bill for that. Wrong. Why? Because it's a grantor trust, and so you're already, it's like selling it to yourself. Even though you're selling it to an irrevocable trust that's out of your estate, you're selling it to a trust where you're considered for income tax purpose, the grantor. And if you sell something to yourself, there's no tax liability. Okay, so there's no income tax on this sale. But in essence, you've frozen the value of your important property by the value of the promissory note. And it has to be done for fair market value, not a penny less. But let's say that you sell this uh, $5 million business that is expected to grow 
And, and, and so you sell your business to this trust. There's no income tax. And now your estate has the promissory note in it. And the promise, you only pay interest only with a balloon on the note. And so then the business can pay off the note over time. And so all of it's out of your estate. Now, isn't that not cool? But that works. Now, there are obviously a number of technical technicalities, if you will, uh, that you may have to make sure that you do in terms of creating this trust, how it's created, how it's funded, and those kinds of things. But this is something that actually works. You're using the income tax code and the estate tax code against the IRS. Isn't that cool? Uh, but it works. And these, these are tried and true methodologies uh, that if you're interested, come see us. This is something that we can help clients with um, in terms of doing really good estate planning. And this is something I'm known for in terms of planning for wealthy families. Now, you know, my practice is one that encompasses everybody. We help middle-class families. We've, we've helped very well-to-do families. And it everybody's different in terms of what they need. But I think this is a really interesting concept that can help very well-to-do families limit how much tax they have to pay to the Internal Revenue Service now and in the future. It's an incredibly powerful tool and one that you'll want to have professional guidance with. Get a hold of Bill. Go online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. There you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also register for his free webinars coming up this Wednesday, August 12th. WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. 2567000. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back after this. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us. Bill We need to remind everyone we've got some seminars coming up this Wednesday, August 12th. You can register online at WGALaw.com. These will be in the form of webinars where you will be on Zoom and anyone with an internet connection and an email address can uh, attend and view the wonderful nuggets of knowledge that you provide. And uh, I know your first seminar has to deal with long-term care assistance. And and with that is uh, Medicaid. And there's so many myths when it comes to Medicaid. No question, uh, Jason. In fact, uh, one of the things, uh, I mean, I always like to talk about Medicaid myths. And one of the biggies is that you have to be poor to be on Medicaid if you need nursing facility care. Not true. Did you know that you can actually own a Rolls Royce and be on Medicaid. I'm going to have to try that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope you don't ever have to go on Medicaid, that you'll never need nursing care. But the fact is, there's only one problem with your Rolls Royce. Did you know what that is? What's that? You can only have one. Oh. (laughs) Isn't it terrible? That is. I I know. But the fact is, is that you can actually have a a half-million-dollar house uh, and be on Medicaid. You can have a Rolls-Royce and be on Medicaid. But you can only have one, one house, one one, uh, Rolls. Uh, But the bottom line, does that sound like you have to be poor? 
Absolutely not. Well, in North Carolina, and you have to understand that the Medicaid rules vary from state to state. In North Carolina, you whether you're married or single, you can have one vehicle of any value. So you can, in fact, own a Rolls-Royce and be on Medicaid. Wow, that is incredible. And again, those are the types of tips that Bill can uh, suffice you with and satisfy your knowledge with. If you attend his webinars, go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button. It's free to register, free to attend. Bill has two seminars, one dealing with long-term care assistance for those in a long-term care crisis. You can find out about Medicaid assistance, VA benefits. And Bill also has a, a second webinar that has to deal with asset protection and trust planning as well so many of the topics that we talk about on this show every saturday morning at 11 o'clock here on fm 98.5 am 680 wptf news talk traffic a quick break and back with more you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander more after this Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Remember, you can find more information about him online at WGALaw.com. And don't forget, it's not too late to register for Bill's seminar this Wednesday, August 12th. He does this the second Wednesday of every month. So if you don't register between now and Wednesday, you're going to have to wait a whole nother month to attend in September. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button. It's free to register. Or if you want to call, you can call 919-256-7000. 2567000. We're out of time for today. We got to get out of here. We hope you will join us again next week. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a great weekend. <music>